Well, St. Mary's Ferry Landing does have a rich, rich history. It obviously was one of the main ferries to go across the river because it connected the north side of the river with the south side, right at City Hall. Welcome to Top of the Hill Weekly, a podcast from the Aquinian. Today on the show, the story of a forgotten community on Fredericton's north side, and how one woman is following in her brother's footsteps by working to revive it. I'm Peter Jewett. It's Sunday, March 27th. Solars. People who have been to Fredericton know that it's defined by the river that flows through it, known as the Willistook or the St. John. And today, three bridges span the river in the city. Of course, the Princess Margaret Bridge, the Bill Thorpe Walking Bridge, and the Westmoreland Street Bridge. And if you've been down to the river, you'll likely notice the old piers of the Carlton Street Bridge as well. Of course, no bridge there anymore. It was removed in 1982, but the piers still stand. On the city's north side, just east of the Westmoreland Street Bridge, is Devonshire Drive, which drivers use to get on and off the bridge and up to Cliff Street and Union Street. Can you tell me about the houses and buildings along Devonshire Drive, and specifically about the two unassuming posts in front of the Blue House? So those two posts, when you go off of um, the Westmoreland Street Bridge onto Devonshire, if you look on the left, um, you'll see two posts which are up in front of a house, and they're quite a ways back uh, on where the riverbank is today, because today the riverbank is on the right side of the street with the trail there. Um, and so there's these two metal posts and sort of, I'd always wondered about those posts. Um, well, like why they were there. It looks sort of strange to have those two posts that go out into almost nothing. And those two posts used to be sort of where the riverbank was before they built, uh, the bridge. Lars Schwartz is a fourth year student at St. Thomas University, majoring in history and journalism and a contributor for the Aquinian. For his story, Fredericton's fairytale neighborhood, he spoke to Kathy Von Zwicker, a community resident of St. Mary's Ferry Landing. And yeah, so Kathy said that those two posts, um, that the house uh, behind them is actually the house she grew up in. The neighborhood where she grew up has changed significantly, though. Old homes are being demolished to make way for increasingly expensive apartment buildings, and the old stores and sites of St. Mary's Ferry Landing are no more. Zwicker and the St. Mary's Ferry Landing Neighborhood Association are fighting to keep the small community sandwiched between the two walking trails, Westmoreland and Cliff Street, alive. Before 1885, there was no bridge in Fredericton to span the two sides. In the winter, the Willistook froze and formed an ice bridge, and in the summer, Fredericktonians and those visiting relied on ferries. There was the market there even before the current city hall was built. Um, there was a market house there before that, and that 
the building that was there burnt down several times, and that's actually why it's called Phoenix Square, um, that area, because sort of we say like a phoenix, a new building was reborn from the ashes of the previous one. Um, so that market was there for, for the longest time. And uh, yeah, what Kathy sort of said was that a lot of people would, a lot of the farmers would stay the night in, um, in St. Mary's Ferry Landing. So all the vendors the farmers along this, the north side of the river would gather at St. Mary's Ferry Landing the night before, and they would stay in our three hotels that were here and use our shops. It was a, a community of people from the north side, basically. And then they would get up really early on Saturday morning and go across to the south side to the city proper to sell their their produce and sell their wares. Obviously, a whole community built up here. So there were all sorts of shops to service these people who would come in from the rural areas on the, on the Friday evening. So there were lots of, of, of businesses, every one of the buildings in on St. Mary Street and Cliff Street and just around there were all businesses. And there was numerous fires, of course, along the way. And then a new building would pop up and a store would open or a business would open there. So there were livery stables, anything that you would come into town from a rural area, feed stores, whatever, were here. When the first Carlton Street Bridge was built in 1885, ferry service ended. It was sort of one of uh, Premier Andrew Blair's campaign promises was that he was going to build a bridge in Fredericton uh, crossing uh, the Woolstock. And it's said that the architect he hired to build the bridge wasn't really an architect at all, and they had only designed much smaller bridges in the past. (laughs) Um, Okay. So he designed uh, this bridge and no one really trusted it. It was a wooden bridge going across the river uh, and it was a drawbridge actually um, to allow the boats to go underneath. Um, And so, yeah, no one trusted this bridge. They called it Blair's paper bridge. And they were sure that during the ice jams in the spring, the bridge would just be torn down by all of the ice. The paper bridge actually survived the spring thaws lasting until 1905 when it met its demise in the form of a fire started by a forgotten cigar. Who would have thought that the paper bridge would succumb to fire? It was almost immediately replaced by a new steel structure, which remained in place until 1982, after the construction of the current Westmoreland Street Bridge. And those two bridges helped uh, the community at St. Mary's Ferry Landing, uh, because if if you go and walk and see where the bridge would would have ended, it's sort of like I said, funneled right into the community. Um, so you would drive through the community. We were a commercial enterprise. There were still stores uh, into the 1960s. There was a drugstore here. There was a grocery store here. There were corner stores. There were barbers. There was a bank. One of the first department stores in the area was here. A thriving community grew to service people from all over the Fredericton area. Zwicker says she remembers some businesses, especially Boland's store. But a lot of the buildings uh, remain. And so Boland's store is probably the most prominent one because it has big shutters. 
but inside that store, the floors are wooden and and uh, the pathways go down on the on the on the on the flooring, and there's big wooden shelves that line the sides of the, like an old country store. And when I was growing up, which I moved here when I was four in 1957, there was like a great big block of cheese on the on the um, counter and with a dome over it and you would ask for a cut of cheese and they would cut the cheese off and roll it up in uh, wax paper. Mm. And even the I remember the feminine hygiene products were all wrapped in, in brown paper and hidden. So if you wanted one, you had to ask. <laughs> and it was sort of taken out and slid down. And the Bolins, uh, Joe and Charlie, allowed all the families of the neighborhood to have a little um, slide. They gave credit. Zwicker also remembers in the summer playing in the riverbed and in the winter sliding down on the riverbank and curling and skating on the ice. Another memory is fiddlehead season in the spring. The other people that came were the people of St. Mary's First Nation and all the canoes that went fiddleheading before Mactaquack. They would go up to the islands to fiddlehead for approximately two weeks in the spring. By the 1980s, Fredericton had outgrown the Carlton Street Bridge. The city built up the riverbank in front of St. Mary's Ferry Landing to accommodate the new Westmoreland Street bridges on and off ramps. Trees were cut down, and river access was cut off by traffic on Devonshire Drive. Today, with the Westmoreland Street Bridge, you sort of drive right over the community, um, or just you either drive right over it, or you'll go through it quite, go around it almost quite quickly uh, when coming off of the bridge. But most people will just will almost just drive right, right, right over the community, and you can sort of look down at it um, while you go across. This change in infrastructure also changed St. Mary's Ferry Landing. The neighborhood was forgotten, and fewer people would visit the community as time passed. It eventually fell into shambles, as stores went out of business, buildings fell into disrepair, and drug houses eventually popped up. There were men peeing out of the second store window, vomiting on the front lawns. It was just awful, and I was really scared to live there, and I did for six months with my three children. Zwicker eventually moved to the south side with her children, but in 1995, when her mother passed away, her brother Rodney Vaughn moved into the family home. He was saddened by what had happened to the neighborhood where he grew up, uh, and if you read through the article, you can sort of see how, how Kathy and her brother, they would have played uh, by the riverbank, and, and they clearly have very fond memories. Uh, well, Kathy clearly has very fond memories of growing up uh, in the area. So there always was a great big place over the bank to play. It was like a, a little forest with trees and bushes and shrubs and rocks. And we were actually playing on the riverbed, basically. Um, so Rodney started a, a community organization, a, a neighborhood association, and he went uh, door to door and put flyers in 60 mailboxes. Um, and he didn't expect many people would, would show up uh, for the first meeting, but there was over 30 people who did show up. Um, 
And so they did a lot of the cleaning up of the drug houses and uh, they actually bought one of the houses and completely renovated it. Behind Vaughn's persistence, the community was cleaned up. The neighborhood association was able to remove the drug houses and fix up dilapidated old buildings. But in 2000, when Vaughn passed away from cancer, the neighborhood association eventually fell apart after accomplishing much of what it set out to do. In the 2010s, St. Mary's Ferry saw new development, with heritage buildings being torn down in favor of newly developed apartment buildings. Zwicker moved back to St. Mary's Ferry, but noticed a change in the community. So when I came back, I immediately picked up my brother Rod's vision and the people that worked with him long ago. I saw what was happening around development. I went around and talked to the people who had been part of that initiative uh, 20 years ago. As soon as somebody moves in, they're accepted and celebrated. And right now we have a lot of immigrant families that are staying here because the rents are very low. And so that we, it's fine. But as a new development comes in, like I won't be able to afford this neighborhood once they put up these new apartments because the new apartments are in excess of $2,000 a month. And so some of these people would be going from $600, $700, $800 a month to $2,000. There's no way they could live here. And so it's going to change our neighborhood. And these people that move in aren't going to celebrate or fight for the heritage. Beyond the fight for affordable housing, Zwicker's vision includes shared spaces in the community, less development in flood-prone zones, and that St. Mary's Ferry can be a place for Fredericktonians to gather and enjoy. So she talked about wanting to sort of turn that area into more of a park. Um, she talked a few times about uh, people being interested in sort of having uh, large pizza ovens there, um, sort of communal ones, having benches. Um, and then she also talked about wanting to have uh, a speaker's corner in the in the community. Um, so I think she's really working to keeping it as a, as a smaller, almost self-contained community, but also somewhere where people from outside of St. Mary's Ferry Landing would want to go. Uh, so she mentioned putting in some more shops in there, some cafes. Um, so people who are maybe on a bike ride doing the two bridge bike ride that a lot of families will do, um, will stop in the community. We'd like a pub like Cheers, you know, that everywhere everybody knows your name. And if somebody's from away, we say, hey, you're not from our neighborhood. Who are you? You know, that that, that would have that kind of culture in it. So mm. We're lucky that there is some renovation happening. One of the older houses on St. Mary Street, a very grand house, but it hasn't been grand for 70 years because when I grew up, it wasn't a grand house. It's being refurbished and it has, I believe it's going to have five Airbnb units in it, Airbnb units and Plus, we hear a coffee shop and maybe some sort of hairdresser or aesthetics place. So we're excited about that. Uh, we like um, community gardens. We have a lot of land in front of the properties along the river that could be used for strips of, of community gardens. We'd like people to start coming down to the waterfront again and being part of our neighborhood. That's it for this episode of Top of the Hill Weekly, our final one of the year. We hope you've enjoyed this new format from the Aquinian. 
Special thanks to Lars Schwartz for reporting this story. Another special thanks to the Equinian's editors Hannah Rutterham, Hannah Delaney, Jessica Sonier, Rachel Smith, Brooklyn Wilkins, Summer Arsenault, Aaron Sousa, Jacob Moore, Juliana Grillo de Lambari, and Estefania Martinez for contributing to the show and making it what it is. Visit theaq.net for more from the Equinian. I'm Peter Jewett. Thanks for listening. <laughs>